hosted by Mike the Big Cheese. Welcome back to the Heavy Metal Mayhem Radio Show. Boy, it's great to be back on here live. The whole week's shows were pre-recorded because I was away on vacation, but I hope you had a chance to listen to last Sunday's show. We had a lot of great guests on there. Grant Kirkhope uh, from Maniacs was on that show. 
Uh, my buddy Jeff Scott Soto. I love talking to Jeff. He's such a great guy. Uh, his alarm is really good. So if you haven't had a chance to pick it up yet, please do. But we got a great show for everybody tonight. Stu Marshall from Empires of Eden, Death Dealer Dungeon. He's going to be calling in in about five minutes. Uh, it must be the crack of dawn in Australia. It's got to be about 7, 8 o'clock over there. So we'll be talking to Stu right off the bat. And we're going to follow it up in the second half of the show with Vince Vatican of Vatican. The band's been back for a couple of years now. And uh, we're going to talk to him about what's going on. Hopefully there'll be a new record in the works. We'll find out in about an hour when we talk to Vince. But let's get on a song uh, by Stu before he calls in. Uh, hopefully I'll be able to get the whole thing on before he does. How about we do a Death Dealer tune? Uh, this is Hammer Down. We'll do the interview. We got a lot to catch up on and talk about. And uh, in between that, a lot of great music. So here you go. Here's Hammer Down. Thank you. 
there you go. Death Dealer with Hammer Down. Stu should be calling in any minute, so we'll just wait for him to uh, to give us a buzz. At least I hope he calls in because, like I said, I was away this week. I didn't really get a chance to confirm all the interviews uh, with everybody. I know Vince knows, uh, and we'll talk to Vince Vatican about 7.15 Eastern time. Uh, we'll give Stu another minute to see if he calls in before we jump into anything else. We'll kind of hold off on that for a while. But just I, I was trying to catch up with all the all the metal news that's been taking place this week. And eh, some of it's okay, some of it's uh, a little boring. But I saw that Exodus just did another show. And once again, Gary Holt wasn't playing live with the band uh, because he's out there with Slayer right now. And to me, that just kind of bothers me because you've kept that thing going for so long. And I know Slayer is at a different level than Exodus, and you don't you know, pass up that opportunity. But, you know, you just got Zetro back in the group again. You know, a lot of people are interested in the band again, and they want, they want to see them live with at least, you know, Gary on guitar. You do have Tom on drums, and even though Zetro's not an original member, he was probably, you know, more of the classic lineup of the band where people were into them. And uh, it would be nice if he would put more time and effort into, you know, Exodus, at least not try to schedule shows with the band, uh, you know, when he's got stuff going on with Slayer. Uh, it just doesn't make sense to me to, to, you know, put out a really good record and then not play with the band half the time because you're too busy with Slayer. That's just my opinion. I mean, I, I, I don't know if I was in that position, what I would do. It would be kind of hard to give up the gig with Slayer or going out to play with them because he's probably making some sort of money with that more than he could with Exodus. But uh, I don't know. That's just me. That's all I'm saying. I don't know. Uh, then I saw the Queensryche. Uh, Tyler Torrey says the new album has something for everybody in it, which means that it's probably a piece of shit crap record because when you try to appease every single Queensryche fan or every era of Queensryche fans, it's just going to be a, a disaster. That's all I can say. I mean, I was hoping with the last record, they would really go back to those early days, those first two or three records. Even though the third record, I kind of lost it for the band a little bit, but it was still better than anything they did after that. I thought that was their opportunity to capitalize all the shit they were talking about. You know, Jeff Tate said he took the band in a different direction. The sound changed because of him. And the album was better than, you know, anything with Jeff Tate in over the last couple of years, but they really didn't take advantage of the music that they should have. And I'm hoping that, I was hoping that this record would be the same, but I don't think we're going to get anything decent out of the group. So uh, I don't know what to say. That's it. But uh, you know what? I'm going to drop an email to Stu right now, see if I can get him and uh, find out what's going on. Like I said, it's like a 15-hour time difference between here and Australia. And then he get a chance to confirm it with his PR person before I got back. So let's get on a tune. While we're playing that song, I'll try to reach out to him and uh, see what's going on. Well, you know what? Email was talking about Amon Ra. Uh, here's when the glitter fades away. Thank 
All right, John wanted to hit a little Hyrax. We want old school Blitzkrieg air attack. I can't wait because Hyrax is going to be coming into the New York, New Jersey area. I, I want to say it was September, but I'm not 100% sure. I have to check when it gets a little closer. But this fall, they will be here in New York, and they might be on next year's uh, Defenders of the Old Festival, too, uh, probably around March. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing those guys and catching up with Caden. He's such a true metalhead. I mean, you, you got to love the guy and his band. Big fan, always have been. All right, well, I, I sent out a message to Stu, and I reached out to his uh, press rep, uh, you know, see if you can get in touch with him, uh, find out what's going on. Uh, I got a feeling we're going to have a lot of this this month. We got a lot of flaky guests, <laughs> I hate to say that, that we booked uh, for this month. And, you know, based on the way they are on, on the internet, uh, it's going to be potluck of half of them calling. But we'll see what happens. Uh, and we'll take it a week by week. I got a feeling we're going to be filling up the book really quick this month, but we'll see what happens. All right. Uh, on some sad news, a good friend of the show, Alan Fryer, the singer from Heaven, he passed away this week. Uh, we were lucky enough to be one of the only shows to interview Alan since the band kind of got back together in 2012. And he was such a great guy to talk to. And I've kept in touch with him throughout the years. And I really thought he had this cancer thing beat a couple of years ago. But then he got real quiet for a while. And I guess it got the best of him. And I kind of took him 60 years old, you know, I, just way too young. I guess as we get older, we get closer to those numbers ourselves. You know, we kind of realized that. And I was talking with Carl Kennedy about that a few weeks ago when he was on the show, you know, with Craig Gruber's passing away around the same time. So it's a real shame. So how about we do uh, a couple of uh, heaven songs uh, to pay a little tribute to our buddy Alan over there, who is resting in heaven peacefully right now. I know he had sent over a couple of unreleased tracks to me uh, a few years ago, and I've gotten one or two on over the years. I don't think I've really played the rest. I'm going to have to look for them and see if I could... Uh, See if I can find them. See where I put them on here. But we'll do something off of uh, one of my favorite records by the band, Knocking on Heaven's Door. This is a great cover of the old uh, Bob Dylan tune. And it's kind of apropos, I think, today. So here you go.
wanted to get on a new tune uh i mean an unreleased song that alan has sent me uh just that i you know when they upgraded the, the blog talk radio platform it doesn't accept wma files anyway so i couldn't play but i'll convert them this week we'll get them on next week it'll be right there in the beginning so there you go my friend rest in peace buddy thanks for all those years of great music all right well i don't know what's going on with Stu. i reached out to his pr rep but he's trying to get in touch with him right now and if he does call in we still have a half hour or so before we talk to vince vatican uh, so we'll try to squeeze still in there if we can. If not, I'm just starting to lick my thumb and wet the pages of the book. It's our second member of the year, it looks like. <laughs> We're going to keep the music flowing here if we can. Uh, Tommy Faye, Ace Frehley, thinks seems to be heating up again. Even though Tommy has been pretty classy about it, you know, uh, he hasn't really like called out Ace too badly, but Ace just keeps ripping into him. And let's be honest, I mean, you know, first of all, Kiss is so relevant today, I think, to most of us. Nobody even cares anymore. And it's just nonsense as far as I'm concerned. Uh, you know what? If you were in that position to be able to play up a stage with Kiss every night, even though he's like a salaried employee, I mean, you couldn't pass that up no matter what. I don't think there's any guitar player out there, even the most diehard Kiss fan who's a guitar player who's offered that gig, they would say, no, I'm not going to take it because they should be up there. <laughs> Anybody would take that gig. So I think it's time to let that kind of kind of die down over there. You know, uh, Running Wild are going to debut a brand new song. At Vakken this year, even though the band is really just rocking Ralph, he just has different people coming in to play with him when he has a show. Uh, I was kind of disappointed in the last two records that he put out with Running Wild. Well, he is Running Wild. Uh, they were very commercial sounding. Uh, I got really the pirate thing wore out, like by the second pirate record that they put out. And I was kind of hoping when he did kind of put the thing back together a few years ago, maybe he would have gone back to the first two records, like more well, like the Brandon Exile type stuff or the Gates of Purgatory. But these last two records, like real commercial sounding metal albums, and I just couldn't get into them. But you know what? I still want to interview the guy, so we'll see what happens. Uh, but I know right now, uh, I was supposed to interview this week uh, Kiko Lorio from Angra, and now he's a guitar player for Megadeth. Uh, but uh, Dave Mustaine flew him out uh, Friday when we, right before we were supposed to do the interview uh, to do some press for Megadeth. So that's going to be rescheduled. And we were also supposed to interview uh, Martin from Halloween this week, uh, but they also got a little jammed up on the interview schedule. That's going to take place uh, another week or two. So we will have those two guys on the show this month. I just don't know when. 
uh, waiting to get new dates uh, for the interviews, and uh, we'll get those on as soon as we can. I'm really interested in talking to Kikyo because I'm a big Angra fan, and that he's a mega death. You know, we can kind of poison his mind against Dave Mustaine a little bit. I'm right, hanging on right now. I think we might have a Stu on the line. Let's find out. Stu, is that you? G'day, guys. How you going? I'm sorry I'm late. Uh, calling from Sydney, okay. Australia. Yeah, it's a big time difference. I know. It's probably it's probably early in the morning over there. Yeah, forgive me. It's uh, early on a long weekend, and um, yeah. I know it's a range, but uh, lean on me. That's okay. No rock star should be up at eight o'clock in the morning, no matter where you live. <laughs> I appreciate that. I'm drinking my first coffee, so it's probably not very rock and roll. I should be drinking bourbon or something. That's all right. Hey, look, it's good to have you on here. And I mean, not that any year is less busy for you than this one, but I mean, you know, brand new uh, Empire record, new Death Dealer. I mean, you got a lot going on this year. Man, I've just been very lucky um, working with the right people and the planets aligned. So, yeah, the new Empire's album has been out now for a couple of months uh, through Melodic Rock Records. And, um, Right now, we've just finished the Death Dealer album and planning our European tour, which starts in a couple of weeks' time. Oh, that's going to be great. I know a lot of people are waiting for this new Death Dealer record, too. I mean, the band came out at a time when people were looking for something like that, and I think you guys struck the right chord You know, with the metal fans. I mean, the quality of the people in the band alone, I mean, it's just top-notch. Well, again, yeah, it's uh, just a very uh, fortuitous thing for me to be working with Ross the Boss, um, I'm a huge Man of War fan, and uh, you know the the band's great. We're good buddies, really good friends. We've kind of had a battle tested last year, um, touring through Europe. We we played Moscow and some great places like that. So we were very lucky. That's important to get out there and get around. But you know, I I know it's all about the Empires of Eden record right now, and. I mean, this has got to be a great thing for you because it kind of like lets you express yourself by yourself, but you get to play with a lot of different people or have a lot of people, you know, contribute to the albums. And I know, with, you know, this time around, Ralph Sheep is, you know, is handling a lot of the vocals on the record. Another another amazing singer to be playing with. Well, yeah, the, the Empires of Eden concept, it's essentially a solo album, but it's wrong for me to call it a Stu Marshall album because... All the singers write their own lyrics and melodies. And I, I struggled with that because this is the first, or sorry, this is the fourth album, but it's the first time uh, that I've, I've written a fair bit of the album for the singers because they were so busy. Uh, so a good example, um, Ralph Sheep is an incredible vocalist. Everybody knows yeah. him from Primal Fear. Uh, but he was so busy on tour that he didn't have time to write. And he said, look, I'd love to do it, but... Like you're going to have to write and, and give me all the lyrics and melodies. So that's what I did with Sean from Death Dealer. Um, Sean you know, wrote the lyrics and melodies for Ralph's track. I guess the point here is now I'm sort of into album number four, and I think I've worked with around about 35 different singers. Um, it's allowed me to develop these friendships and relationships that you know have created Death Dealer and and, uh, and also my new band Blaster to Static, which has got Jeff Martin from Racer X. So there's there's really a lot happening, but I can tell you it's all good, it's all fun, and it's it's uh, going to be be a great little future happening um, from the fun of these Empire's albums. 
Oh, absolutely. I mean, when when you're working on an album like this, uh, do you have it in your mind ahead of time who the different people are that you want to contribute or, or to play with on the album? And do you specifically write based on like what you know of that person? Or is it just like, you know, you're writing for you your way or the way you feel the album should go? And like I said, you hope that they can fit in what they contribute lyrically to your music? No, that's a, that's a great question. Um, I never come in with my strong vision. I, I, what I do is I go through, you know, who would I like to work with? And then that's how this all begins. It's, it's, you know, a cup of coffee and sitting down with a list and saying, right, who would I like to work with? And uh, so I think on the last album uh, before this one, I worked with Udo Dirk Schneider. Um, there's Rob Brock, guys that I'm a fan of. And uh, it starts with, well, what do I want to hear them do? As, as a fan, how are we going to make this happen? And so what I do is I go through it and listen to their old stuff. Obviously, I'm a fan. And then I create the music that I'd like them to hear, and I present that to them to see how they feel. Um, so it's very collaborative. And if they've any issues or concerns, um, I'm able to make those changes for them. And so what you end up with in the end is quite an honest album. Uh, there's been a lot of collaboration. And in some cases, when you hear these people sing, you hear differences that you don't hear in their other bands because firstly you've got my writing style, but secondly you've got their creative outlet that they've wanted to portray. Yeah. You know, so I remember being such a big Dungeon fan in the late 80s, and then you kind of hooked up with the band like maybe, you know, 10 years later or whatever it was, around 2000 or a little before that, I think maybe 99. And you put out some amazing records with the band. I was kind of disappointed when, you know, it kind of ended because I really thought the band hit a stride. You know, when you took over on guitar in that band. Thank you, mate. Yeah, look, I loved being in Dungeon. Um, th that band at the time really had a peak. We were touring with Megadeth um, through Europe and, and we were lucky enough to secure that from Dave. He was, he was a real gentleman to us. And it's, um, it's just one of those things, you know, the band came to an end and uh, I think we finished up in Japan. But it was a band that, you know... Uh, the, the really big shows eluded the band. We never really did a massive headlining tour. Um, there was no financial uh, support there, really. And um, we had a great cult following, and, and people loved the band, but the business just didn't love the band back. And, uh, you know, there were some personal issues like other bands are, and, and I just got to a point in 2005, I just said, I'm, I'm done. And uh, well, I think we did our final show in December 2005. I could be wrong. And um, we, you know, moved on since then. It's, it's sort of, I missed that band, you know, because we had a great time, but I can't see it, man. I'm, I'm busier now than I've ever been. So it's, it's been a good thing. Yeah, there's definitely no lack of work on your part, which is amazing. And do you remember the first band you played in a, as a kid when you were younger that you really thought was going to take over the whole world and it just kind of folded up before it even got started? Oh, do you mean my music? No, I, I, even like when you were first, when you were young and you first started playing and you had your first band. Oh, yeah, I was in a really bad um, <laughs> garage band on the north coast of New South Wales here in Australia. Um, and the drummer of that band, Jason, is still my best friend today. Um, yeah, we, were, we sucked, you know, neighbors were calling the cops and we thought we were going to make it, you know. Yeah. That was actually, that was back in a day where we thought we really would make it uh, <laughs> like um, that, that was about 91 when the MTV generation was uh, 
in full flight and every every guitarist thought they were going to make a million dollars you know and all that kind of stuff yeah. so we learned pretty quick i guess <laughs> sure do you think location has a lot to do with how far you i mean if you go back to you know the late 70s early 80s especially like you know in the 80s when metal was like growing and becoming humongous i mean every band wanted to go to california because they felt that's where they can make it or or new york or one of the major markets that were out there it was being in australia more isolating if you being in a band, figuring it was harder to to reach out to people. This is like, you know, before the internet. I'm sure it's a whole different world today for musicians and bands, as it was back then. No, spot on. Though it was very hard. It, it, it's the Australian scene now has opened up, obviously with the internet, as you say. Um, but back in the day, you, you know, like I'm in a band now with Mike Davis, right? He's the bass player of Death, Death Dealer, and um, Mike was in Lizzie Borden for 20 years. So. Yeah. You know, when I when I hit the tour bus with Mike, apart from the fact that we're soul brothers, um, I beg him to tell me stories of the Sunset Strip because that he was there, you know, in in eighty two, eighty three when when it was all happening. And so, even growing up, they were kind of like the mythical lands of success. You know, if we could pack our bags and go to New York, even New York for us, you know, or you know, anywhere in the states was like a dream come true when when you were a fifteen, sixteen year old musician. So. Um, yeah, the isolation was, was a big part and you'll, you'll find even now that when Australian bands, you know, like airborne bands like that, that do really well overseas and they're successful, uh, they end up relocating anyway, because Australia is a great place to live on. I think it's the best country in the world, but we have a population smaller than California. So it makes it very difficult to sustain a career down here. Yeah, uh, but I'm, I'm sure that's true for any genre of music, just not heavy metal. I'm sure it's hard, you know, all around, because it's a limited audience for any kind of music that you would get involved in. Yeah, yeah, it's it's not easy, but I guess it forces you to, um, you know, review why you want to do this thing in the first place. It's it's about um, picking up a guitar and playing music. Um, it's certainly not about the money. Yeah, true. I mean, was there like a specific country that you felt like, you know, you, you wanted to take over or dominate musically? Because, you know, if you go back to the 80s, once again, every European band wanted to break and make it big in America. Now it's just the opposite. Every American band can't wait to run over to Europe to play in front of a European audience because they feel they're more appreciated over there than here in the U.S. So is there like a specific market that you try to like, you know, to, you know, work with musically where you feel you're going to have a big audience or a big impact for your music? Well, up until, you know, right up until now, I've had a really good relationship with Japan. Uh, I've toured Japan six times now. And um, the, the Japanese market and the, the culture and the people uh, is, is a place that is still very strong, fertile ground for musicians. Um, Europe is definitely the heartland of, of heavy metal. Uh, when you look at the festival circuit, like Varken, you know, uh, the Metal Days Festival, I think, has exploded. So everybody loves loves Europe, and, and we're packing our bags and heading off there pretty soon. Um, me personally, uh, for selfish reasons, I love the States. Um, uh, you know, it's my second home, and um, we always have a ball whenever we play. We've got to get to the East Coast. Um, we've done a couple of stints on the West Coast, but uh, yeah, it, it's all good, man. Like, whenever you're packing bags to go overseas, it's it's still that 15 year old kids dream come true 
Um, I can imagine. You know, it, like, like with Empires of Eden, I know it's more like a studio project, but is there ever a chance maybe somewhere in the future you might put some sort of band together to go out and perform some of the songs live? Because it's such a shame not to hear you play these tunes like in front of a live audience. Well, thanks, mate. Yeah, I, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to tour it. Um, I've had a couple of promoters talk to me about it because, um, again, there seems to be a bit of a, when people hear it and they get it, they're, uh, they want to get the other albums to, to, to feel the, the same kind of vibe because I think there's some good material on there and there's some unusual stuff. My problem is, is I'd need to go out with at least five or six singers. Um, it just wouldn't be right going out with one vocalist and turning into a band. Um, you know, these days with budgets, I know I sound like a broken record, but um, getting promoters to put money behind something and make it happen is not easy. Um, the other problem is I'd love to do it. I actually toured with Udo last year um, on the Metal All-Stars tour when we with Death Dealer. And uh, we got talking and I said, man, I'd love for you to come and do this thing. And he's, he's just like, man, I'm just touring all year round. Um, it's <laughs> just trying to match the schedules, which has always been the hardest thing. So I think it'll remain the uh, realm of studio um, for the moment. Uh, so that's a shame. I know like you're talking about the metal all-stars. Something like that I think is a great thing because you get to see a whole bunch of people that you like performing different songs on stage. Do you think that's sort of like a way to go for a lot of bands or members of bands to get out there and play with different people and kind of hit up you know, different audiences throughout the world? Yeah, yeah, I think uh, that's a good point. Um, uh, a lot of these guys, they've been touring for 15, 20 years with their band. This is a great opportunity for them to get out and, you know, hang with other musicians and, um, you know, see see different kind of environments, I guess, because uh, the singers come on and do four tracks each and then, you know, walk off. You have a, Joey Belladonna and, um, geez, Max Cavalera, so many great singers. Um, so, yeah, I think it's good for fans too, you know, and we get to see all the the major tracks from these bands and then you've got celebrity musicians as well like ross was was one of the celebrity musicians on the tour so uh yeah it's a great environment that's cool you've worked with so many people like we said before still was there ever one person that you couldn't wait to work with you finally managed to make it happen and then you were like really disappointed <laughs> you want the dirt don't you yeah we won't tell nobody it's between you and me yeah i um <laughs> I, I, I won't name the name. Okay. Uh, cause that's just not that's just not what I do. Um, I, there's been there's been I think out of the 35 singers I've worked with and, and four albums, there's been two singers that I've employed, um, hired for for the album, and in the end, I, halfway through it, I just went, no, you're not you're not infecting the album, because that's the thing with with empires, it's got to be a good feeling with the artist and. Uh, you know, sometimes you get into bed with people and it just doesn't work. Um, so, yeah, it was, I just looked just, you know, we'll, we'll end this now, keep the fee, see you later. Um, yeah, it happens, man. The industry is, um, everybody knows the industry is tough. And uh, there's some interesting characters out there. On the main, though, I'll tell you straight up, every single album has been just a joy. You know, the, the, these are two minor issues out of, you know, uh, a lot of material. So I, I've been real lucky to find great people to, to work with. Uh, that you have. I mean, like you're saying, you work with so many people. Do you find that 
you know, that rock star attitude is still here today and really prevalent like it was in the 80s? Because you would think a lot of people would be a little bit more humble today considering like how we almost lost everything and that we did lose it all in the 90s for a very long time uh, before I started to make a comeback again. And you think more people would be grateful today just that there's an interest still and a big interest in our music again that they would be a little bit more humble but yet they still have that attitude. Yeah, again, another good question. Bro, I, I haven't seen it. You know, I... Maybe I'm just, I don't know, I just don't tune into it. If if somebody's like a, a dickhead or a rock star, I just won't deal with them. Um, it, it's There's just not enough money to deal with people like that. So you, you may see that a bit, um, you know, in, in the, the journalism uh, side of things. I'm not too sure, but I, I just, I don't really see it. I'm lucky to be working with the guys I'm with. Um, you know, I've got two separate bands happening with, um, like the, the new band Blasted to Static. I have with, with Jeff Martin from Racer yeah. X and we've got Rev, Rev Jones from uh, Michael Schenker and Leslie West. Just great people. You know, these, these guys have, you know, um, Jeff Martin's worked with everybody. You know, George Lynch, uh, Paul Gilbert, um, you know, you name the names, he's been there. UFO, uh, a, a great humble dude with so much talent that it's crazy. So the sort of, any sort of rock starism, I don't know. I, I just don't really see it, thankfully, in the people I'm working with. Yeah, and a lot of people forget Jeff Martin's a great drummer too. They just always look at him as a, as a singer. Yeah, well, I've, I've always joked with Jeff because he's <laughs> he's such a humble dude, and I'm like, how do singers react when you're playing drums in the band? Like, they must be freaking out the whole time. <laughs> just going, the drummer sings better than I sing. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm sort of joking about that. You know, he's, he's worked with some incredible singers. But, uh, yeah, he's he's a multi-talented guy. Absolutely. Well, you know, so you were saying before, you know, we're going to get a new Death Dealer record this year. What can you tell us about it? Got a title yet? We do. The, the title's called Hallowed Ground. Uh, we've got a, a – um, I don't know when this goes to air, but um, we have a single being released uh, Monday that's a preview of the album. Uh, throughout our record company, new record company. Um, very aggressive, very wide, far more epic than the debut. And um, we've previewed it to kind of a, a few of the inner circle and um, so far so good. So we're super, super proud of it and can't wait to get out and tour it. That's the important thing. Absolutely. And I hope you do get to the East Coast in the, in the U.S. this time because we would love to see you here. You know, this is Ross's home base, so uh, it would be great to, you know, yeah. for him to have a little homecoming with the band. Man, I spent four days on a, on a flyover in New York, and I just love the place so much, so I can't wait to get to there. I, I spent a little bit of time in Florida a couple of years back with a buddy of mine and, um, yeah, had the time of my life down there, so I'm looking forward to coming back for sure. Uh, it's going to be great. Hey, well, Stu, we got a little late start today, but I do appreciate you, you know, calling in and I have my next guest getting ready to come on soon, but you know, the best of luck with everything. And when you do get to New York, I promise you, I will be right there front and center. Thank you, mate. And I do apologize for being late. Um, and, uh, drinks are on me when we catch up. Oh, you could be late anytime then. <laughs> Stu, I'll see you soon. Thanks, brother. <laughs> Take care, buddy. See you, mate. All right, Mr. Stu Marshall from Empires of Eden, Death Dealer. I guess we can close the book. Here's Push the Limits.
All right, Empires of Eden, brand new. Architects of Hope came out in March. Pick it up if you can. I'm glad Stu called in. One, because I hate to put people in the bucket, too, because I hate to go back into the episode and change the flies, the banners, and rename and rename my guest list. <laughs> That's the most important thing. All right, well, you know, Stu was talking about uh, Blast of the Static. That's his new group uh, with Jeff Martin from Racer X. And uh, Jeff will be a guest on the show uh, this time next Sunday night. So we'll spend more time talking about Blast of the Static. That's why I didn't really get too much into it tonight with Stu. Uh, we were just trying to focus on the Empire record. But we did get the title of the new Death Dealer before anybody else, and that will be announced tomorrow, even though, like I said, it is Monday in Australia. So uh, technically, he didn't make a boo-boo over there. And uh, we will get that song on next week. We'll everybody hear what the new Death Dealer sounds like. All right, Vince Vatican from Vatican. I'm going to reach out to Vince in about 15 minutes. We'll keep the music going between now and then. We did a little tribute to Alan Fryer from Heaven who passed away this week at the age of 60 from cancer. Great guy and a great singer, very underrated. Uh, I know on, uh, on Brave Words today, uh, Chris Cafferty wrote a really nice little, like, uh, I don't want to say it's a eulogy, but he wrote a, a nice little thing about, you know, how Alan gave his first shot at being in a band, and if it wasn't for him, they probably wouldn't have been where he is today, playing with Sabotage and Trans-Siberian Orchestra and everything else that he does. So I thought that was a, a cool little... Uh, piece in the paper so go check it out there really hasn't been much news going on this week i know girl school they were supposed to release the new record called unfinished business they decided to drop the name uh, from uh, the name of the album to something different i don't know why i don't even know if anybody even knows that the band is actually together <laughs> i mean we had tracy lamb on the show a couple of years ago when they first announced that it was happening and uh, I love talking to Tracy. She was funny, but she was way out there. <laughs> I mean, I know she was just moving. She lives in Spain, but it was a funny interview. <laughs> you know, she was really all over the place. All right, but let's get on a couple of more tunes. Then we will reach out to Vince. Uh, let me see what I could do for you right now. How about, you know what? Let's get on a couple of new tracks. Uh, we'll do some new Armour Saint, and we'll follow it up with some new Halloween. I was going to save it for the interview uh, but with Marcus, but like I said, that was rescheduled. I don't know exactly when it's going to take place. So uh, we'll do Armour Saint. This is called uh, Muscle Memory. I just got the album this week, so I really didn't have a chance to play the whole thing. I know Iman said it wasn't that good. He wasn't crazy about what he heard. So this is a new tune. We'll check it out. But they were amazing live. I got to tell you, when they opened up for Saxon at BB King's, John Bush's voice is still there and just as good as it was in the 80s live. The guy still has it. And he's plus, he's still the voice of Burger King, I believe. So here you go. New Armour Saint, Muscle Money. We'll follow it up with brand new Halloween with the swing of the fallen world. Stone, but still I want to believe in them. My clan. Comes 
Stop playing that. That was really bad. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry to say Imam was 100% right when he streamed the record and said it, it sounded terrible. That is a horrible song. Like I said, I didn't get a chance to go through the whole record myself, but that's a seven and a half minute song. And I'm not going to subject you guys to any more than I have to. I will give the rest of the album a listen. Hopefully it is better than that one tune. I, I don't know. <laughs> we'll find out. Well, let's, let's give the new Halloween a shot. How much worse can this be? Here's the swing of the fallen world.
Well, I tell you, thank God for Halloween, right? The new record sounds pretty good. Uh, you know what? I really dig it. The last couple of records were so-so, but uh, this one uh, is a real solid album. Uh, thank God after playing that all the same shit, we really needed that. Uh, before we get going, I'm going to play another tune. I'll get on some Vatican. We'll reach out to Vince uh, as the song is playing. But I just want to give a big fuck you to United Airlines. Uh, they really suck shit. Uh, they try charging me $25 to check in my luggage, even though I have the United credit card and I've had it for 10 years. I have never paid for a bag because as a credit card member, you pay a yearly fee with them, but you don't pay for the luggage. So I always, you know, I have that credit card because we fly a couple of times a year and it saves me a lot of money. Those son of a bitches <laughs> insisted that I paid a $25 baggage fee to get on the plane with my, you know, to check in my luggage, telling me that uh, the card I have. Is not the card that you get the discount on anymore, the free baggage, even though it had been for 10 years before that. And over the customer service agent's head is a 20 by 20 foot poster with a picture of my credit card on there saying free check baggage. So screw you, United. I'm going to get that $25 back out of you one way or the other. It took the TSA agent to break up the argument between <laughs> the lady and my wife. But you know what? Screw you. I'm going back to JetBlue. And then again, the only reason I fly United is because I had so many miles built up on there that going down to Florida from New York, I, I pretty much get the trip almost for free. It's only like a $5 service charge because I have so many miles built up with them. But I'm going to use them off one final trip to send somebody I know away, and that'll be the end of it. So don't fly United. They suck shit. All right, let's keep the classic metal flowing here. We'll do uh, some Jack Panzer. We'll go right into a Vatican tune, and then I'll get Vince on the line.
There you go. Vatican Repent or Burn. Our good friend Manos over at Cult Metal Classic Records put that out. About a year ago, I want to say, Metamorphosis came out. And uh, I don't want to tell you what he's got cooking right now for some new releases, but you're going to be amazed. He would have he, he would hang me, quarter me, and draw me if I told anybody. But he's really working on uh, some really killer releases right now, and they're going to be coming out hopefully this year, maybe next year at the latest. But we'll find out as we get there. Keep your eye on the Sonic Age website, and you'll know more about what's happening. Or go like the page on Facebook. All right, let's get Vince on the line right now and get this interview going. Anytime the phone rings, that's a good sign around here, huh? Vince, it's Mike. What's going on? Hey, Mike. How you doing? I'm doing good, man. It's a pleasure to talk with you today. Uh, same here, brother. Uh, hey, listen, you know what? I'm a big fan. I can say I go back to the early days. I remember tape trading back in 84, 85 for the Repent demo. The Repent demo and I've been a fan for you guys ever since. I think it was 86, actually, that demo came out. Yes, yes, it was uh quite a bit of while ago. Yes, that that demo was actually recorded in a uh, reality office. Really, we were under a strict yeah, we were under a strict budget, and you know we were just starting off. I think we lost uh, Vince there. Let me see. Hey Vince, I don't know if you can Hello? hear me, but you got yeah, I got you. You're right, you're back. Yeah, I can hear you. All right, perfect. Yeah, you were saying you were in a realty office because you were low on funds. Yes, yes. We uh, we started out, you know, being, uh, you know, we just all we wanted to do was be original metal. Yeah. And uh, back in the, those days, you know, there really wasn't much, uh, there really wasn't much money in that, in that playing heavy metal, let alone playing original music. So, uh, we kind of just got together a couple few bucks, man, and uh, got with a, a guy who had a recorder. And uh, he says, you want to come to our studio? And he says, this is how much time is. I'm like, oh, man, dude, we really don't have that much money. He's like, well, dude, how about if I just bring some portable stuff out to you and we'll do it for half price? Because, uh, you know, there isn't any metal bands around the Sandusky area, and this might be something. Yeah. I said, let's do it. <laughs> well, it worked, right? Yeah, it worked. It worked good. I mean, you know, it was, uh, it was, it was our first time doing anything. You know, I mean, I was like, you know, I must have been 18 years old. And, uh, you know, it was my first, Repent or Burn was the very first song, original song I had ever written. And wow. uh, it was just—it was a strange way the song come apart, come come together. It's, I used to work at a candy factory in Sandusky, and I was coming home, and right, and I was behind a car, and I looked at this bumper sticker. And this bumper sticker said "Repent or Burn." There you go. And I said, "That's, right. That's cool." <laughs> That's all it takes. You know, you, you're talking about like you know, you're talking about Ohio. About you're talking about Sandusky, but Ohio had a lot of great bands going on in the mid '80s. I remember Centurion, uh, Breaker, Axe Max, uh, uh, Destructor came out of the area. I mean, all over the all over the state. But there were a lot of great bands out at that time in the mid '80s. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, you you'd have to understand that. Uh, you know, when when I was younger. Uh, I really wasn't exposed to a lot of heavy metal. Uh, 
my my major influences are like Peter Frampton, uh, George Benson, kind of on the jazz uh, the jazz line, and and then uh, when we got together, these uh, these other three guys, uh, Vic and uh, Mark Mark St. Stevens, the original singer, and we got together. We, and they were talking about Shock Paris and and uh, Destructor, and I was like, "Who's that?" And they're yeah. like, "You got you got you got to see these guys." We they took me up to Cleveland and uh, it really changed my my views of things and that's basically how everything started. I mean, I see Shock Paris, it, it blew my wig off. There were there were a lot of great bands coming around that time. So I mean, I guess you really kind of got into metal not long before the band started, technically. Yes, yes, and then uh, you know, I, I we started playing um, just. This club in uh, Old Brooklyn, uh, Ohio, it's in kind of a suburb of Cleveland. It's called the Old Brooklyn Tavern, and uh, it was a—I mean, it was a great place to start. We we went out there, we played. There was hardly anybody there, but it was our first taste of Cleveland metal. You know, there was an opening band, and the opening band was actually better than us. But you know, we did what we did, and. Um, it was our first first taste of metal, and then after that, we you know we had a manager at the time. His name was Craig Voltz. He uh, he kept telling me, he "Goes look, man, I got to take you up here to these shows, and I got to show you these bands because this is what I want you guys to sound like." And he was really Craig Voltz was really the architect of Vatican. He 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 took me to these shows. He force fed me all these Cleveland bands. And uh, he said, and they let me loose. And it was it was wow. interesting. I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, this guy he was he was really deep into the metal scene, the local metal scene in Cleveland. And uh, you know, I was I was really uh, oblivious to heavy metal. I mean, all heavy metal to me was like Quiet Riot or Ozzy Osbourne. You know, and uh, I really didn't listen to it. Well, you didn't listen to it. Maybe that helped you out because the band did have a very unique sound and a style to it. I mean, and, and it showed on the Repent the Burn demo, you know, Powers Obsession demo, and Answer to the Master tape. Each one showed the band like in a different, you know, light. Oh, absolutely. You you can see, you can see the progression. You know, you can you definitely can see the progression because once once we did uh, Powers Obsession, uh, we started playing more, you know, in Cleveland. Uh, Akron, uh, Toledo, uh, down in Columbus, and uh, you know, you're taking some young guys, man. And we're we're playing with some really good bands. We were playing with like uh, David T. Chastain, which is like yep. like a guitar guy. Yep. And uh, and uh, those people all influenced us. And uh, every time that we went back in the studio and recorded, I mean, there was a little bit of something. That we got from these bands, it's, it's, it's I mean the, the 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 Vatican history is really it should be a movie because it's really <laughs> it's really interesting. Well, you definitely had a lot going on, and I I mean you know like I guess I remember getting those tapes as they were coming out, you know, trading for them, and I was always disappointed that we never got a record, you know, back in the day you know, after those demo tapes came out. I know you, I guess you kind of left the band. Well, I don't know if the band broke up around 92. I know it became Marquis de Saab. You weren't a part of it. Uh, did you leave right. the band before that point in time? Yeah, they, um, you know, it's, it's, 
it's another that's you know that's another um that's another uh, chapter in the Vatican book is that uh we uh when power when answer the master came out um it it created such a stir that um even the major record labels we were playing showcases for like uh EMI London uh Warner Brothers they they were really interested in in signing the band and uh we we were playing um uh, down at, uh, what was that place called? Not the Odeon. Some place, some big place in Cleveland. And, uh, EMI London was there and they approached us about, um, uh, about signing us. And, um, they wanted us to make a decision right then and get on an airplane and go to Chicago and record. Cool. It, and, uh, at the time, uh, Craig Volz, who was still our manager, he was like, "Well, you know, look, fellas, you know, we get, we should probably hold out and see what other labels um, are interested." And uh, I said, "I kept saying, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go." Yeah. And uh, I was kind of like, I was kind of outvoted, and and uh, so we didn't go to Chicago and and record. And then uh, we took a break. We took a break for about three or four months. And when we got back together, I had written a whole new record. And we got together to start rehearsing new songs. And uh, one by one, all the songs were kind of like rejected. Wow. And uh, they were like, it's not our style. And I kept saying, well, the style's changing. You know, the music's changing. And they're like, well, we have a style. and It's not our style. So I said, all right. So those those songs were shelved. I, I recorded them all on a four-track recorder with a drum machine in my uh, spare bedroom. So I had all these songs. We went on and we we went on and started recording new Vatican songs, and um, the music scene just changed. Everything yeah. went to grunge, and uh, it, it, it was incredible. I mean, Nirvana was happening, and... Uh, it just seemed like heavy metal was just dying. It so did, uh, those did. guys, yeah, yeah, it just, it just, it just died. And uh, so we we continued to rehearse for a few months, and then, uh, and then I just told those guys I'm going to record a solo record in another studio, and they were like, well, "What do you mean?" I said, "Well, everything's kind of stagnant here. I'm going to go and record this record of all these songs I wrote." And they were like, we don't, we don't want you guys, we don't want you to do that. And uh, we want to be, we want to be, you know, we're a band, we're a unit. I said, well, you know, I'm going to record all this and I'm going to do all the instruments except for the drums. And I'm just going to do my own demo. And it created a lot of problems, internal problems with the band. I still continue to play with Vatican, but I was going to the studio recording this album, which was ended up being Disturbing the Peace. And it's kind of a unique uh, title, too. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, what was yeah, going on? It, it, yeah, I mean, because those guys, they, you know, they hated me for what I was doing, but I just felt like I had something to say. You know, I wanted to do more of a commercial metal, commercial rock. And uh, I did that. Then those guys said, well, we're going to do our own project. And I said, go ahead, man. Everybody should explore different avenues of music. And uh, that's basically how the band kind of broke up. You know, we we actually did not break up. We just went in different ways. And 
then um you know uh, then in the in the late 90s i went through a terrible divorce and i i just got fed up with everything and i moved out west and i did not i moved out west and uh i went for like a i went for vacation and i should say i left on probation <laughs> you never came back <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I, I came. I came back in 2010. Yeah, and um, I had, you know, I, I my mind was not even into music. I came back, and uh, our uh, manager Craig Voltz, he's like, hey, he calls me up. He's like, hey, you know, uh, dude, we're gonna get together and we're gonna we're gonna do something with these demos. And I said, oh, okay, we'll get together. Well, we got together at a local pub, a, a pub, and. We had some, we had some cocktails and stuff, and, and to my surprise, I mean, there was a lot of people there. I mean, there was a lot of people there that just wanted to see the dudes in Vatican. Yeah. Well, we and got together, and uh, uh, yeah, it really did because uh, n number one, when I walked in, nobody knew who I was. Yeah. I sat right next to the brain. I'm drinking a beer. Everybody's talking. He's looking at me. He doesn't even know who I am. I was, he doesn't even know who I am. You know, I my my I went out I went out west. I I cut my hair off. I was like thirty pounds thinner. He didn't even yeah. know who, who I was. I'm drinking this beer, and he says to me, "He goes, hey, uh, you a Vatican fan?" I just looked at him. Uh, I I look at him and I say, uh, "Are you out of your fucking mind?" <laughs> and he goes, "He his eyes got all big." He goes, "It's you." I said, "Yeah, it's me." He goes, and he just he just grabbed me up and squeezed me. Yeah, that's funny. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's I mean it's it's a it's a story, you know. So uh, you know here you know, here we are. We we went we. You know, they got together and they wanted to know if we, if we wanted to play again. I said, no, I, I don't do that anymore. I said, I have not played guitar in like 10 years. You know, I have, I played a little acoustic guitar. I still had guitars, but my mind just wasn't there. So uh, they said, well, let's just try to get back together and, and see what we can do. We got, we got back together in like 2011, and it was just like it never left. And, and, and you got and almost we, the whole we, classic lineup. I mean, it's, it's almost all the classic guys from the original lineup that that were back together playing. Yeah, I mean, it was it was it, it was crazy. You know, we did, we got back together, and uh, and uh, 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 Vic, our drummer, he's like he comes up with a song list. He goes, "You know any of these songs?" I said, uh, "Yeah, I wrote those songs." He goes, "Can you play them?" I said, "I don't know." And he says, he gives me a four count. We go right into it. And it was like, bang. It was like the whole sky split open and we started playing again. That's so cool. Did you really have to like, uh, like work at remembering the songs? Because you told the 20 something years. Did they come back to you that quick? Or did you like forget like a lot of pause and say, I haven't played the song in so long. I just don't remember. No, it, it was, just, it was just like, it was just like yesterday. Wow. Um, of, of course, you know, my, I had to work on my, you know, my solo dexterity was lacking, but yeah. the, the chords, the whole song was, you know, it was there. 
and uh you know as a as a guitarist and i used to i was a guitar instructor two music stores for for 10 years you know you, it's like a bicycle you can get back on and you can ride it but you know you got to work at it and uh you know that's that's basically how it happened that's great, but and I know you know last year Metamorphosis comes out. Finally, have a record, you know, a CD with you guys on it. They remastered all the demo tapes from the early days with some bonus material on there. It came out phenomenal. Now you have a whole bunch of new fans that have coming around to a band that hadn't played together in in two decades. It had to make you feel good that people remember that music, and not only that, but they want new music now. Yes, I mean when we played up at the Ragnarok in Chicago. You know, my heart burst for these people. There was people that came from Australia to see Vatican. Wow. And uh, here, I, I'm talking to this, this couple, and this, this gentleman's telling me, he says, when I was a kid, I had uh, <laughs> Powers Obsession. It was my first heavy metal. And I said, really? And, he, and you know, hearing the stories, the stories are what are so heartfelt, you know. Um, uh, young, you know, musicians that were in Chicago that I influenced. It, it, was, it, was, it was incredible. You know, people from uh, uh, England were there to see Vatican. This same scenario. They had, they had, uh, they had got the demo to uh, Powers of Session. They, uh, they taped traded to get uh, Answer the Master, and then they could never see Vatican. They yep. look all over the world, and they could never see Vatican. So when they heard that Vatican was playing Ragnarok in Chicago, you know, I don't know if these people saved their allowance or whatever, but they showed up, <laughs> and uh, they, they, you know, they got their picture taken with me. Uh, they got their picture taken with the brain. Uh, we spent some time together. We had, after we played, uh, they were, uh, everybody was buying the CD, we were autographing the CDs. Everybody wants their pictures taken with Vatican. Uh, it was incredible. This this young uh, musician from uh, Florida came up and he he wanted me to sign his guitar. And uh, I was like, uh, okay, I'll sign your guitar. And he and I asked him. I said, you know, I I try to do autographs kind of personally. And I said, well, what's your name? He tells me his name and I write it down on his guitar. And he's like. You know, you're you're the biggest influence I've ever had in music. And I was like, why is that? He goes, that power of obsession. He goes, that answer to the master. He says, my dad turned me on to that. He goes, I was listening to Guns N' Roses. He wow. goes, listen to this heavy metal. And I was like, wow, really? And uh, he's like, can I get a picture of me and you and so I can show my dad that it is you? <laughs> I said, it's sure. going to make you feel good, you know. It's going to make you feel good, you know, when you contributed to the scene. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, uh, it's all over the world. It's incredible. And then when uh, when when I talked to uh, uh, Manos from Sonic Age Records, um, he, he all, you know, we're talking about doing, uh, releasing a, uh, a CD of uh, all the um, demo stuff. And the only thing out of this, this man's mouth is I have to have Vatican on my label. I have to have Vatican on my label. Yeah. And uh, I'm like, I'm like, you know, that's cool. And he goes, you do not know how famous you guys are. And I said, no, nah, I must not. He goes, if you come, if you come to Europe, you will be a star. And I was like, oh, come on, man. He goes, you are so big over here. He goes, I have to have you on my label. 
What do you want? I told you what I wanted. He gave it to me. I said, let's do it. That's and, incredible. You know, it, it is. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a story that's unbelievable. Yeah. Well, now that you got this going, I mean, I, I caught a couple of videos uh, of the Ragnarok Festival. You guys just sound amazing, man. I, it felt like 1986 all over again watching that videotape. It was incredible. Where does the band go from here now? Are you looking for more shows? Are you going to put out an album of new material? Will we ever maybe hear the yep. stuff that you wrote for that original EMI record that you wanted to do? Yeah, um, here, here's what's going to go on. is uh, We have been recording uh, throughout. Uh, it started last year. We're recording a new album, all new material. Um, we're recording it at a Mohawk studio in Huron, Ohio. Uh, I've, I've partnered up with a good engineer named Sean Patrick Thomas Daly. He, he works side by side with me because I usually, I usually um, produce all our music. Yeah. So uh, I, we've been going into the studio. We're going to do a 10 songs brand new CD, new Vatican record. Um, we're talking to some other record labels, uh, actually some pretty major record labels that uh, want to put out this CD. And, uh, you know, that's basically what we've been doing since uh, the beginning of the year. We've been going in, we've been recording like on the weekends, a couple days here and there. Um, I've, I'm, you might have seen on Facebook some clips of uh, my guitar solos that I, I, I put on there for the yeah. new record. And, um, you know, we, we're going to do a new record. And uh, it, it's going to be good because this will probably be our first record we don't have to pay for. <laughs> well, that's always a good thing. I mean, musically, where's the band at now? Did you try to, like, intentionally recreate the sound of the earlier days? I mean, a lot of years have gone in between there. A lot of new influences have come into your lives. Uh, is it a new-sounding Vatican, the new material, or is it sort of reminiscent of the old stuff or a mix of each? It's, it's probably going to be a mix of each. Um, when I went into this, when, you know, we had, a, we had a meeting, a pre-production meeting before we start going into studio, and I told the fellas that we need to go in with the, uh, with the attitude that less is more. And, you know, we want, when I say that, it's like, you know, we want to have our vocals. We have one of the best metal vocalists out there. I want all, every word to be understood. Yeah. Every song tells a story. You know, I want to, I want the songs to be, you know, not, not holy as far as, uh, uh, you know, where there's just blanks in the music. It, we just want to have, you know, guitars, bass drums and vocals and a killer guitar solo you know our you last, what's that that's all you can ask for yeah 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 and so you know we're going in and we're recording uh this record we're probably going to record 13 or 14 songs and choose uh 10 best and that's what we got going on you know as far as uh go ahead the the, the the songs you recorded for Disturbing the Peace, you think you bring any of them back into the set or maybe rework some of those? Or they because I would love to hear some of that stuff. Yeah, um from from what from what record? From when you were gonna do the solo record, Disturbing the Peace. Yes, there's probably gonna be one song that's gonna make an appearance on the new Vatican album. It's a song called Corruption. 
which is uh, uh which is in the lines of Vatican music. It's a uh, kind of Vatican Metallica type of music, and uh, that song is is definitely going to be on the new record. Um, the other songs, there's a couple songs that could be on the record, but you know this record is going to be more of a band record. The, the the other two demos that we did, I wrote everything. You know, yeah. Brain wrote some lyrics. I wrote everything. This this is going to be a band uh, record where every everybody's involved. Everybody's involved. That's good. And, is uh, it more fun now? Is it more fun for you now? Yeah. Do you feel like that pressure is off, like you know, it was in the eighties. It's 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 it is fun. It's uh it's incredible. You know, being away from it for so long that when when you get ready to play a show. It's, I still feel like I'm 20 years old. Yeah. You know, and, uh, you know, we got some shows coming up. We got, um, August 7th, we're going to be at, uh, it, it was called Bobby McGee's in Chicago. Now it's called the star bar. And, uh, we're going to be playing with sleepy hollow sunless sky, another Cleveland band. Yeah. Um, uh, a band, a band called spare change. We're, we're going to play August 7th. Um, that concert and then we're coming back to ohio on august 8th we're playing a um a headline show for a festival it's um it's going to be in bellevue ohio and it's and it's called um the 20 20 for 20 um let's see what's it called it's uh it's called strange sound 20 for 20 metal festival and cool. it's uh it's it's going to be like at a campground um, with uh, like twenty bands, it's a two day uh, two day festival. Uh, starts on um, August seventh and runs through the eighth. We're playing the eighth on Saturday night, and uh, it's in a place called Coyote Grove. And um, this will be our first local appearance. That's going to be great. Twenty for twenty fest. I'm guessing twenty bands for twenty dollars. That's right. And, um, there you go. Yeah, and then uh, October 10th, we're going back to Chicago. It's going to be a headline show. I don't know the venue yet, but we're going to be playing with a band from Mexico called uh, uh, Padre Nusto. Uh, they're coming from Mexico. They're going to co-headline the um, concert with the opening act of uh, Satan's Hollow. It's a good friend of mine's band from Chicago, Petey Mendoza. A fabulous yeah. guitar player, and uh, we've got some more shows um, lined up, but we can't announce them until everything's confirmed. I completely understand that. Hey, well, Vince, I only got a few minutes left in the show, and I want to get on some music for people to hear, man. But I, I can't thank you enough for taking the time out of your day today to talk for me, man. I, I guess I'm a big fan, and I can't wait to hear this new record when it comes out. Once you come back on the show, and we'll promote it for you. Absolutely, sir. No problem. Just let me know. I will do that, Vince. The best of luck with the band, and I hope you can make a hit in New York one day. We'd love to see you guys live. Thank you, sir. You got it, Vince. Take care, buddy. Good talking with you. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. Mr. Vince Vatican of Vatican, let's give you the title track of the final demo the band put out. Like I said, you can get Metal Morphosis. It came out last year on Cult Metal Classic Records. Man also does a phenomenal job of putting these things out. Support him by buying it. Here's Answer to the Master off that record.
All right, Vatican with Answer to the Master. I want to thank Vince Vatican for being a part of tonight's show, as well as Stu Marshall from Empires of Eden and Death Dealer. What do we have lined up for this Thursday in the middle matinee? It's Armored Assault. Uh, yesterday was D-Day, and uh, this is our little tribute to our soldiers and our veterans out there. So that'll be this Thursday at 12 p.m. EST in the middle matinee. I actually wanted to do it this past Thursday, but I was away and had already pre-recorded that show, so uh, we kind of did it. So uh, the French, anytime you want to say thank you, we're listening. All right, well, so speaking of the French, how about we do some H-bomb, uh, substance, and what? All right, there you go, H-bomb, substance, what? 
I don't know what that means. Dead substance. Uh, I don't know what the hell. I don't speak a word of French. And they wouldn't be speaking French either if we didn't rescue them and bail them out during D-Day. They'd be speaking German over there right now. No appreciation from those people. None whatsoever. Uh, you guys are killing me in the chat room today. I got to tell you. <laughs> I had to keep muting my microphone because I was laughing my ass off at all your comments. Uh, that's what keeps things going here. All right. Like I said, Thursday in the middle matinee, Armored Assault. Don't forget to tune in. It's all Army type of... Uh, songs you know and uh, next sunday we got a great show for everybody like always my good friends from soldier are coming back ian dick will be joining us again the band has a brand new record coming out in july we debuted a track a few weeks ago we're going to get on more songs next week and uh joining ian is going to be the singer of the band richard frost it's going to be a killer show as well as jeff martin from racer x and uh blessed static it's a new group that he has with Stu marshall and rev jones uh, also up on, if you get a chance, you know, I got the YouTube channel for the, the show, but it's kind of where I put all the interviews that either went bad, didn't record right, <laughs> or, or by groups that just really don't fit into the format of, uh, you know, the show that we do here, which is mostly classic 80s. Uh, we have to put on other bands every now and then to appease the PR and record labels that we deal with. But all those other interviews kind of get filtered to the YouTube channel. And uh, we did an interview last week uh, with this band called Gun Driver. That's another band that features Rev Jones, who plays with MSG, and he's also in Blast of the Static. Uh, we interviewed the singer and uh, guitar player for the band. Really cool guy. These guys have that classic, you know, early ACDC, maybe a little mixture of Motorhead sound to them. Really good band. I had to put it on the YouTube because I just didn't have any way to fit it on, on the live show. Plus, I kind of like to keep the live show for live interviews as much as possible. But go check it out. And there was also a group called Cara and the band, and the damn band. Uh, we interviewed Harlow and the uh, and the guitar player last week, that interview was up on there. She's a pretty hot girl. Uh, so go check out the interview. Even though she was only in the interview for about a half a minute, and then the guitar player kind of took over the conversation. But check it out. We put up a few more uh, on, the, on there this week that I have to do. With a band called Shattered Sun and another band called Gyra. Uh, but we got a great bunch of uh, bands coming up in June, so keep checking back. We're going to wrap it up here today with one more tune. We'll close it out. I'll give you guys a week to rest and uh, come up with new insults for next week's guest. <laughs> but I do want to thank the guys that did call in today. All right, so let me see what we can do for everybody right now. I have Original Sin, but that's only about a three-minute song that will leave too much time in the show. I have a Winged Assassin. That's off the demo tape. I don't know. We'll see. You know what? Let's do Original Sin, Pandora's Box. I think we have – I believe David DeFeast was involved in this in one way or another. I think his sister uh, was the singer in the band. I don't remember. This is man, my mind is shot. I have to tell you, uh, a week on vacation and uh, it's taken me a little while to catch up and everything that's been going on. But let me see if I can uh, figure it out. Original Sin was that's not the Temptation. This was the other one from New York. Uh, it was Sin will find you out. Yeah, it was. It was David DeFeast's sister from Virgin Steel. Uh, she did the vocals on this record. He wrote most of the music on it. I think this was more like a studio type project like the Exorcist one that he had done at the time. And uh, uh, Virgil still has a brand new record coming out soon, and David will be back on the show. Uh, we're working out the date to get him on here as close to the release as possible. Uh, so st stick around for that. David always makes a good interview, and the guy is an amazing singer. You got to give it up for that. And his new Virgil still, it's a great record, man. He finally moved away from like the whole themed albums that he's been doing for like the last 10 or 15 years. All the songs are kind of standalone, which is really nice. I think you guys are definitely going to enjoy that record. I should have played a tune tonight since I was talking about it, right? But we'll save that for next week or when David comes on. 
But here's Original Sin, Pandora's Box. Thank you, everybody, for hanging out with me, like always. I got to thank my crew in the chat room, Chiron, Iman, and John. I will see you guys next week and everybody else who tuned in and listened. Thank you very much. Let's wrap it up here. Pandora's Box. Good night, everybody. Have a great metal week. I will see you Thursday for Metal Matinee. If not, this time next Sunday. Good night, everyone.